Christmas and welcome back to the Renowned Leadership Podcast. I am so excited to bring you this special Christmas Day episode. And what better uh, uh, person to have with me than the person named after what this holiday is all about, whether you celebrate Christmas, Kwanzaa, what, whatever it is. I am joined today by Joy. I'm going to let you say your last name because Meserve. Meserve. Joy Meserve. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Joy. And real quick, just go ahead and break down who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Well, I'm Joy Meserve. I'm a leadership coach and business consultant. And um, yeah, I want to help executives develop leaders so that they can create more joyful workplace cultures that are high performing, fulfilling, um, and all the best attributes where we can drive both profits and people's growth. I love the name of your website. Your website is leading with joy. And that is, that is incredible because we should be leading with joy. What, when, when people like my, my thing is lead like a champion and people are always like, Stephen, what does it mean to lead like right. a champion? So what does leading with joy mean to you? Yeah. So for me, it means finding really squeezing all the juice out of going to work, right? We spend one third of our lives in workplaces and doing work. So why not make that a place where you are enjoying yourself? And uh, what I found is that joy comes from fulfillment and fulfillment comes from utilizing our powers to their fullest potential. And what I've also found is it takes leaders to really pull that out of their people to say, hey, I see this strength in you. I see this um, interest. So is this part of your Zota genius? Is this one of your special talents? And if it is, let's move toward that. And I also have discovered too, that some people don't even know what those special talents are. And as a leader, you're always, should always be observing and aware who's doing what and what are they good at, right? So you can help them develop that mastery. It's funny because I, I complain to my wife all the freaking time, man, like all the time. Why don't you listen to me? Like, I will say something. And then like her dad will say the exact same thing that I said, but she listens to her dad or my dad will say it. And she listens to my dad or whatever. And it's like, right. I said that, why didn't you listen to me? Like, ah, and it's so interesting because we need the, that, that those people that really see, see into us that can pull those things out. And that that we respect, that we trust, that we listen to, and it, it, I think it's so important that as leaders we're doing that, right? I mean, one of one of my big things that I that I harp on religiously, and you can ask my listeners are probably tired of hearing me say it all the all the time, is the sole purpose of a leader is to create a whole bunch of mini mini use. Yes, that, that's the sole purpose. And that that's exactly how you do that is by by cultivating an environment where people can can just learn and find that internal drive, that internal purpose, their internal passions and, mm -hmm. and their skills. 
what what advice do you give uh, companies, corporations, leaders on on creating that environment? Yeah. So uh, it starts with not just feeling like, well, as I'm a, if I'm a leader, these people here need to earn my trust. I think that's one style of leadership that they that the people are there to earn your respect and earn your trust. I feel it's at the opposite. I'm going to give you my trust. And until you break that trust, you have my trust. So it is, I hired you for this job. There was a job description. Okay, great. You're doing the job and, and, and you have my trust in doing that. We hired you for a reason. There was, you know, you went through this process. We didn't just, you know, yeah. pick some random off the street and say, hey, are you good with developing software? <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so, so we should already be giving them our trust. And um, when you, as the person on that receiving end, feel trusted, you feel free right? You don't feel like I'm I'm being put in a box or I'm being micromanaged or somebody's big brothering me and looking from above. So I, I feel like I might mess up. And if I mess up, that's going to be bad. No, right? You know, if you're trusted, you're trusted to do your work. And what follows from that is creativity, innovation, right? When people feel seen, they feel heard and valued for who they are and what they bring to the table, so many good things come from that because they're operating usually in a place of flow. Mm -hmm. and, and so I got lit up on LinkedIn for this a while back. I made a LinkedIn post about um, leaders need to be vulnerable and mm -hmm. we need to be able to express our mistakes and openly and admittedly and like, yeah, I screwed up. I, I you know, perceived this or I did this or whatever the case is. And I made a mistake and, and I got destroyed. Really? <laughs> and yeah. People did not like it because, you know, they're, they started talking, well, if you work in an environment where that's not acceptable, and it's like, my response to them was, well, if you work in an environment where that's not acceptable, you're working in the wrong environment. Right. Because that's, that's, I love what you said about leaders have to give trust. However, leaders themselves have to earn the trust yes right we can't expect our people to just trust us That's we have right. to prove to them that we're trustworthy and what what you were talking about the environment where creativity can can flow there has to be room for mistakes because they're going to screw yes. up we all screw up we you know creating this podcast i've screwed up so many times I had to have room to do that so I could learn what not to do, what to do, how to do certain things. If I if I lived in a in an environment where I, I couldn't do those, make those mistakes, I would have never learned. I would have never improved, and my my results would have been the same, constant, and there would have been no right. growth. Right. So when when it comes to being transparent, how how do leaders? safely do that because i understand the people that were hitting me on linkedin i understand their point like it's dangerous it feels scary how do, how do you how do you do that in a safe way do you think yeah i mean i think it's about transparency i think transparency is really important and um 
you know, so if I make a mistake, I think my approach was always, I'm so sorry. You know, I missed <laughs> this. Right. Right. And that's on me. That's not on you. So, however, here we are. And so we need to move forward. We need to fix it. And like, we'll do a deep dive, you know, later on how this all evolved. And as, so as the leader, you are ultimately accountable. So for you to say as a leader, I didn't make a mistake. Even if one of your people made a mistake, you made a mistake. Right. Because it is your job to set very clear direction. Mm -hmm. It's to provide clarity. And if you're like, well, I sent an email and they just didn't do it. So that's not on me. It's on them. Okay. Well, you sent an email. Did you talk them through it? Did you ask if they had any questions? Did you also, you know, provide some sort of a, I don't know, a rubric for them to follow? You know, was there a visual, you know, there's so many things that we can do to help communicate and set antecedents. Was there a training process that they went through, right? There's so many more things we can do to make sure our people are successful in the things that we're asking them to do, setting expectations and all of that. Good communication, clarity. But if so, if you weren't clear, it is actually on you. Absolutely. Right? If you weren't watching the numbers when they came in, it is actually on you, right? So um, so I think it's just, I'm sorry, I missed it, yeah, you know, but we're, we're here now. Absolutely. And <laughs> it's funny because not, not only is it your fault, if your people mess up, not only is it your fault, but it's also your responsibility to be their buffer. Mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. that, that's why i think it's so important yes. that you, ex you that you own their their mistakes so that they're buffered from the people above you yeah or or the people around them and like that that is in my opinion that's one of the most important responsibilities as a leader because again when you're the buffer you're creating that safe space for them to explore okay. and to really engage and, and try to figure out problem solve grow and do mm -hmm. all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that looks like, you know, you have a conversation with your boss and you're like, yeah, so, so we missed this. It was my bad on this part and this part. And they're like, well, isn't it so-and-so's fault? Like, isn't it, you know, aren't they not performing and what's the deal with them? And it's like, here's what I'm doing, right? Here's what I'm doing to correct that in that, Here's the feedback I'm delivering. Here's the new process me and my team are creating together. Here's what we're doing now. It's not about the past, right? It's about, I think, you know, there's, there's something, there's feedback. And then there's this term called feed forward. And that's mm -hmm. how I interpret feed forward is like, we're moving forward in this. Like there's no use looking back on the past and the mistakes. We all owned up to it. And that's the end of that. Once you own up to it, I don't think there's any more that you owe except for fixing, right? Going forward. Right. So one of the things I've known, well, here, here's a great example. Um, I got a new puppy and she, she's Aww. a little German shepherd. She's, she's 12 weeks old. She's adorable. Oh. And um, took her to the vet and walked into the vet and instantly the receptionist her name was lisa just smiled was excited to see my puppy her name's era 
um was excited to see the puppy was excited that we're there there was just joy just happiness just mm -hmm. gratitude great environment to walk into especially you know it's kind of stressful because you know pups yeah. animals in general they aren't happy about being at the vet no so, yeah. so right so i mean great environment and the workplace you know whether you're working on an assembly line or you're working in an it office or whatever the case may be especially the more stressful the job itself is because certain jobs come with inherent stress you know doctors police things like that having that joyful gracious work environment is so key to keeping your workplace healthy can can you talk about what what the ideal joyful workplace looks like sure sure i mean i i grew up in one i was very lucky to be the third person hired on to a startup i stayed there 22 years wow yeah and the reason i stayed there 22 years was hands down the people I mean, we had a great mission. I had autonomy. I had purpose. I had, you know, goals that I was achieving. You know, there was a lot of achievement going around, but but it was absolutely working with the people. And so a joyful, I know what a joyful workplace culture looks like. We won some awards and things like that for cultures voted by the employees. But um, it is when people love to come to work because they're working on something they want to do, because they are recognized for their contribution, because you're having fun in meetings, humor, it's important, right? <laughs> we have to sit in so many Zoom meetings, why not crack a few jokes and like, you know, talk about things and talk about the puppy and what the silly thing the puppy did yesterday was, and just, you know, it, and sometimes in the most stressful situations, we're dealing with a crisis, we're trying to, we're fumbling our way through. It's okay to laugh at yourselves and be like, oh my God, what, what are we doing? This is crazy. You know, and I've had so many of those conversations, especially with the, the VP of HR, right? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is all happening. And you just sometimes have to laugh about it. I have the perfect example for that uh, in, in the military for the most part. In, in my experience anyway, the, the like, you know, I, I can remember a time where we were, we were in a firefight, which obviously super dangerous, super high stress, um, you know, craziness going on around you. Uh, imagine the most chaotic thing you've ever seen in your life, multiply it by a hundred. And that's what, that's about what it's like. And something happened and which I, I can't really talk about, but um, something happened and we're all just sitting there looking at each other, like, what just happened? And we just died laughing, you know, and, you know, there's explosions, bullets popping around, like, but we're, we're just laughing our butts off. And obviously that's an extreme example, but you're absolutely yeah. right. The, the worse it gets, that's when humor can really lift you up, lighten your spirits and yeah. help you push forward because yeah when that stress when you start feeling it you know that that's when the gas tank starts getting really depleted mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right right and it's the people around you that are helping that's always lovely right when you feel like you have people who will back you up who will support you who will come in and help um i once had to mobilize 
a team of people inside the company to do work that was not on their job description. It wasn't on their day-to-day to-do list. I had to mobilize 18 people to come and help solve this issue that was partly my fault for not staying on top of the numbers, right? I'm ultimately responsible. Didn't realize people were missing goals, had to bring them in to help hire individuals. At the last minute, you know, we they spent a month doing this, adding to-do lists, adding these tasks to their list. And the reason they did it was out of loyalty, respect, understanding that their contribution would matter to this, understanding the bigger purpose, the bigger picture, that we're all in this together, that this is like, you know, they owned, they owned the company, not just owned their little job and their little spot. What, right? what was that conversation between you and them like when you're like, yeah, <laughs> asking all 18 people individually? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, this has happened and they're like, oh my gosh, no way. Yeah. So like they immediately understood the seriousness and the level of the issue. And we're like, how can I help? I didn't even have to ask. Really? Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. I see why you, why you stayed there for 22 years. Yeah. How sad, how sad was it when you left? Oh, it was sad. I got the most beautiful video from people expressing, you know, um, their feelings about me leaving. And it was really heartfelt. I was crying. (laughs) One girl (laughs) wrote a song just for me and sang it. Um, So yeah, it was, it was really special. Um, I I wanted to add one more thing that I think that this joyful culture is made of. And I, I think it's a little more practical for our leaders out there, which is, is, positive feedback, gratitude, expressing that. And I'm constantly telling leaders that I coach, slow down. And they're like, Joy, that's like the opposite of like what business function is supposed to do. We're supposed to go fast, right? We're supposed to, you know, run at the highest speed we can. And I'm saying slow down to say thank you. And not just thank you, right? It's got to be really specific and deep you have to show them that you're seeing what they do. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the contribution they made, the very specific things that they've just been spending the last day or months doing, what you loved about it, and also what the impact of that beautiful thing they did has on the bigger picture of the organization, has on their professional growth has on you as a person. I mean, you can pick any of those things or all of those things to share with them. And it slows you down in an email and a conversation and picking up the phone, right? And just saying, look, I just saw that you did this and I'm, I'm floored. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And if you teach people how to do that, not just managers, right? But every single person in the company from the individual contributors, to the managers, to the directors, to the VPs, to the executive team. If you teach everybody to do that, everybody all day long, at some point, somebody is going to get some positive reinforcement that day about what they're doing. And that's just that extra bit of fuel to keep you going. Yeah, I I love that. And and slowing down applies more to just that. It, It is one of the things I used to teach my soldiers were, you know, when, when you're in combat, whenever, whenever it's real, 
you have to be able to just take a step back. Mm-hmm. And, and that, like you said, that's that goes against our instinct because we're in danger. We're being shot at. You know, we, we have to go. Right. But sometimes you just need to take a step back to where you can look at the entire picture and then make a decision. If you're just constantly running forward, you're going to miss all the all the little things that if you would have just stopped for a second, looked around, and then you would have saw like, oh, I can do this thing instead. This will be much more productive with my team's time or the company's uh, uh, capital or whatever the case may be. Then you can make the the correct decision or a better decision. Yeah. Uh, slowing down and just taking in the the broad picture the big picture is so crucial so important for leaders that i think gets greatly missed um in in day-to-day because we're taught just to go 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 and it's Mm -hmm. all about speed and getting there as fast as you possibly can and i don't disagree speed is important Mm -hmm. um in the military we call it violence of action you know, your actions need to be quick, concise on purpose, but at the same time, without the big picture, without all the, you know, and that's another thing too, Joy, is I I see far too often leaders will do one of two things. They will make a decision based off the bare amount of information they have, or they will get stuck in a habit of indecision because they don't have enough information. Mm. We need to be comfortable in making decisions with limited information because on a, I would say in a perfect world, we have maybe 60% of the necessary information to make a decision. Let's be honest. Yeah. But at the same time, if we only have 10% of the information, we don't have enough. We have to, we have to pull that from whatever resources we have. So can you, can you talk about your perspective on that? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's so key. Um, And I think we can, there was the pandemic, right? It was transformational for all of us. So in my business, I ran summer programs for kids in person at universities around the country. So you can imagine that during the pandemic, summer programs were very much in danger whether or not they were going to happen. So it was December of 2019. We kept hearing the news, coronavirus this, coronavirus that. My husband is like, could you please stop talking about the coronavirus, please? (laughs) So (laughs) he was sick of me, but I kept talking about it because I kept saying like, look, do you see China's completely shut down? Nobody's going into grocery stores. Nobody's allowed out. Like, this is strange. This is weird. And we are a global society. We know that you can pick up viruses on airplanes. How is that not coming here? How Mm. is it getting contained? It's already too big. And so I commissioned a um, epidemiologist to do a study for us in February of 2020, before the lockdown happened in the US. And they showed that peak of that virus going right through the summer. And I was like, okay, this is a signal yet. As I'm going back with this information to the organization, and I think I was like crying wolf, right? Like, ah, you know, hey, <laughs> we're not going to be running able to do our business this summer. So what are we going to do? Let's start thinking about it. It was like, well, we don't know, Joy. 
let's wait and see joy let's wait and see like we don't so we had a we had a committee that would report on the numbers and where were the numbers March April, um, and so we decided based on the fact that children were in China learning from school learning uh, from home they couldn't go to school that we would spin up virtual programs that if any of the kids in Asia wanted to come to our virtual programs it would be something for them to do. Mm-hmm. So we so that was the basis and reasoning behind it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like. This is for us. We're doing this because our our kids in the United States are not going to be able to come to these programs. And so sure enough, guess how many universities would allow us on their campus? Hopefully all of them. Zero. Zero. 2020, zero universities said, come on back. So, and and I understood that from a- In person or virtual? in person so for, oh okay yeah, yeah. i'm sorry so yeah no it's okay zero said come on back in person so i understood that from a you know risk standpoint obviously right. this the next summer only eight or so out of 190 locations so we said okay we're going to keep it virtual so two years we were running virtual tech camps only solely and um i think what you said about the 10 percent of information if you had told me in February, March, I didn't have any more time to make a call, was I gonna run in-person camps or not? I would have said no, based on the information I had. But you know, we kind of drew it out and went for like university to university, is anybody gonna let us? And we got zero. So, but, but it is that like, sometimes you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you already know and you kind of have to trust those decisions, you know, the information that you're hearing and the information you're getting, sometimes you do need to trust that. That's so good. That gut instinct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I mean, I'm, I'm reading newspapers. I'm, I'm looking for information. I had some, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to your, to your point about the bigger picture and, um, how we sometimes go too fast and we make a decision too fast. I call that nexting. (laughs) Nexting, <laughs> nexting okay. right? So what I heard you saying is we need to slow down and be in present moment awareness. We need right. to make sure we're, we're really actually here and we're not just going down a checklist. We're not just thinking about, well, my training says this, I must do this next, the next thing for me to do, or, or I just need to run out of fear, right? Mm-hmm. You're actually assessing you're in the moment, seeing everything, sensing everything with all of your senses. And, and that is the opposite of nexting. Nexting is just kind of going blindly to the next thing and not really recognizing where you've been and where you are now, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, I might have to steal that from you. That's pretty sure. Cool. That's awesome. I'll give you credit. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so what 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 advice do you have for for leaders that recognize uh their 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 environment could be more joyful mm. and yet they feel helpless that they can't change the culture yeah first of all i want to say i'm sorry and i empathize and i can really understand how that can happen so quickly and you know you may have a really good culture and then all of a sudden you bring in 
an outside consultant, I know I'm a consultant, but you might bring in the wrong fit or you bring in somebody to the company who changes that. And over 22 years, you don't think I saw different changes in, okay, we're really great culture. Now we're a good culture. Now we're struggling. Now we're back to good. Now we're back to great. You know, we had our ups and downs as a culture. Um, and so if you are feeling like there's, there's nothing I can do, I would say that you should bring it up to the executive team. Mm -hmm. So it's a hard conversation. It's a hard conversation, but if you have whatever evidence that you have of this culture suffering is what you need to pinpoint and lead with, you know, not just, it's a feeling or a sense. It's like, I'm seeing people burn out. I'm seeing people, you know, um, not complete their work. I'm seeing people not show up to the events that we throw anymore. I'm seeing, you know, what is it that you're seeing? You're seeing people um, go off camera for all the Zoom meetings. Um, and yeah. that's, you know, some of those are little signs. It signals that that something is, is not right. Um, and so whoever your supervisor is, start there. See if they will escalate the conversation higher. Um, but hopefully you can take it. And, and if that doesn't do it, you may have to go to the executive team yourself. And I would suggest because I feel that everybody has the ability to be an amazing leader. The research shows only 20% of people are natural, naturally born leaders. So that's 80% of the population that needs to learn it. We all have to start somewhere. And if you're already like, hey, no, I'm the 20%, awesome. Then that means you probably understand and you, as, as that natural born leader, that there's always more to learn because learning and growing and heading toward mastery and autonomy is the freedom, is the flow, is the fulfillment that you're after, right? And that you want all your people to be going after. So my, my advice is ask to have a leadership development coach brought in to coach the people to do some programs that everybody in the company has to go through from the executive team to the front lines, get everybody on the same page of whatever that philosophy is. You don't have to go with me. You don't have to go with Steven, right? Mm -hmm. Bring somebody in who's going to just teach and educate and give you stories and examples and real tools that you can use on your day-to-day -day practices. That's great advice, but this is going to be fun. Because one of my, I don't want to say pet peeve, um, one of the things I push back the hardest on, I would say, in my company is the notion that people are naturally born leaders. I disagree. I don't care if you have science. I don't care if you have statistics. I, people aren't naturally born to be a mm -hmm. specific thing. Yeah. I think we are more prone from be so certain that's a better words to use. I, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, but just natural. I, and when I say that, so hear, hear me out. Charisma, a super useful tool for a right. leader, right? Some people, uh, and, and great example, you, I, I, I would venture, I would, I would put several thousand dollars on the fact that you are naturally more charismatic than I am. Just I, I listen, I studied acting in high school. 
So that's how I came out of my shell. <laughs> right. So, so I don't even know. That was taught. That was taught to me, right? I think. Okay. Fair, fair enough. So, I mean, but I mean, we're born with natural skills that sure. enhance certain things, but I don't, I, I think leadership is one of those things that gets cultivated over time by yeah. our our parents, grandparents, life experiences, mentors, teachers, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. these things throughout our life. And I think it, you know, I don't think Martin Luther King was a natural born leader simply because of he, he didn't want to do what he was doing. Right. He just felt the calling to do what he was doing. And so he did it. A, a natural yeah. born leader, I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, would automatically just see, oh, okay, I want to do this, right? Like, because that, that's what things that come natural to us are like, in my experience, I don't know, yeah. I could be wrong, but that's what well, I believe. I think you're absolutely right. And I think I misspoke a little bit. So the research says 20% of people have, are not natural born leaders, but have the traits and characteristics right. of leaders. Okay. So I just want to correct that too. But um, no, I think that um, even for myself, um, you know, I grew up in that organization from, you know, I had to work my way up um, and, and how I did that was taking on more and more responsibility and giving more and more responsibility away as I grew up to more people and more resources. And all of a sudden I was more like at the top of that pyramid. Right. right. But um, somebody had to tell me I had those qualities because right. I didn't, I didn't know or think that I had them in me. And that was, um, you know, I'm trying to trace back when that was, um, I got a scholarship, I believe for $4,000, my, um, senior year of high school. And that was a bunch of people or, you know, elderly people, I will say around a table that believed in me and awarded me that scholarship. And I was, I was like, wow, I, what do they see in me? I don't mm -hmm. know, but that scholarship made the difference in me being able to live on campus or live off campus. Because mm -hmm. that's what my mom said. If, if you don't get that scholarship, you're not living on campus. Right. So, right. So some of those little things. And then I remember being a, I was a Girl Scout camp um, leader, right? So I instructed at a Girl Scout camp. And at some point they were like, I was just a counselor. And they were like, hey, will you be a lead counselor? And I was like, me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we need, you know, I got promoted midway. And that was just those little signs where somebody believes in you. Mm -hmm. Somebody sees something in you and says, I think you can do it. Right. So, I mean, I will so just say, me, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. So tell me this then, because like I'm hearing a lot of positivity in your childhood. I'm not saying it was perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but you you're showing all of the example or some of the examples of people that believed in you, encouraged you. There are people that do not have that. Mm -hmm. My, my, what I would, what I would say to them is go find it. There yeah. are plenty of people out there that would love to mentor you, guide you, give you that encouragement, give you the push that you need. And a lot of them will do it absolutely free just yeah. because they want to, but yeah. you have to go look for it. Did you, is that okay? Is it, oh, is it yeah. fine to go seek that if you don't have it in your life? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say seek mentors, people who are doing what you want to be doing someday. Absolutely. And also seek community. I did not find the power of community until a couple of years ago. And it has been transformational to me and my personal development is find some people who are like-minded, but that elevates your game, mm-hmm. right? So maybe you want to belong to, like, you're like, well, I don't know if I could ever be a leader or do some public speaking. Like there's, there are groups out there, out there that are dedicated to teaching that and fostering that. I think there's one called Toastmasters. I've never been a part of it, but you know, there's those kinds of communities. So mm-hmm. find some more communities. Um, and then the last thing I will say is there are people like me who look for people who've gone through some things challenging things in childhood. So my favorite interview question was, tell me about your first seven jobs. Walk me through them. I want to know, you know, kind of the picture and what led you from what. And so it's really great if you have a whiteboard because people can whiteboard it out and some draw pictures and it's really fascinating. But tell me about your first seven jobs. I'm looking for grit. I'm looking for resilience. I'm looking for the time the person said to you, hey, do you want to be in charge of this? Right. And and I'm I'm looking for that experience because I want people who can work hard and and are okay working hard because work is hard. It's it can be fun and fulfilling, but there's also hard parts to it, right? Because life is hard. If you're truly living, life is hard. It's not easy. You know, we all all have our ups and downs and things that we go through and triggers and traumas and things like that. But I would say that I'm looking for that because at the end of the day, I know I get a dedicated team member who's, you know, willing to roll up their sleeves and dig in and do the hard work. Absolutely. I, I say all the time that everything in my life that I have that was worth me getting was one of the most, you know, systematically the most difficult I ever did at that time, or most difficult thing I've ever done at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single thing from military to to my wife, man, she made me work for it. Um, <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> right? But She was looking for determination. Right. Well, she, she I, yeah, commitment, grit, determination, you know, proving you know that i that i am what i say i am right and she married me so i obviously i was you know effective in doing it but um that it was worth it 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 was worth every second of it i'd do it again if i had to same thing in the military if if life is easy for you then you are in the wrong place 100% because you're not growing, you're not growing hurts. Imagine being a tree pushing out of the ground. I can't imagine it's comfortable. No. (laughs) You know, an explosion starts your life as a tree. It can't feel good. So, I mean, but so why are we trapped in that mindset of comfort? Mm. Why, why, why why do we get stuck there then? If if it's not good for us, why is it so easy for us to get stuck? Oh my gosh, I could go on and on about that. I feel like that's another podcast, but yeah, I mean, it's, (laughs) it's, 
it's the lizard brain, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. how we evolved and it, we evolved to say like, no, 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 stay in the cave. It's safer here. There's lions out there, you know, run, run, when run away when you're scared, you know, don't face that, um, get out of there. Um, and so, or fight or fight and get angry. And, you know, that's the other side of the coin. So I think there's so much that our minds are doing to keep us cocooned right and it's and easy so, in society now to yeah, do that yeah it really is and i think that for my career trajectory being there 22 years and being there with those people there is i was in a bit of a cocoon and once i stopped growing i said okay i think i need to like I, this is time now um and i had a succession plan in place the perfect people to carry the torch but I think that, um, yeah, it is about safety and also avoidance, right? So we do things like watch Netflix or, you know, when we want to avoid feeling uncomfortable, when we don't want to think about that thing that is causing us mental pain or even physical pain and anguish as a result, right? So um, my lessons that I've learned over the last three years when I found community are that I need to feel that pain and I need to push through it. That's the only way to get rid of it is to go through it instead of avoid it. Look at sit, it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I want to sit on that for a second about yeah. community. Um, when I started my own company, right? So I come out of the army, I jump into the corporate world. I'm like, the corporate world sucks. I hate every second of this. I, I just want out. The, these people are insane. And so... I jump out and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to become an entrepreneur, which I never am. If you would ask me four years ago, if I was going to be an entrepreneur, I would have laughed at you. Like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to deal with all that. But so anyway, I, I jump out, I become an entrepreneur. And first thing I did is looked for a community of entrepreneurs starting out. I looked for coaches that have been there, done that, and, and actively got involved with both of those things. Because like I, I knew that starting my own company was going to hurt. I knew it was going to be, I knew I was going to want to quit. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the coaches and the community came in is, is people that were going through that pain as well. So, you know, because mm -hmm. misery loves company. <laughs> and then the coaches to help guide you and pull you out of that pain and get you to the next step. Community is so vital. And I think, I think society, the way, you, you know, with social media and, you know, Netflix and Amazon and everything is just instant. We don't even have to leave our house if we don't want to. You know, we can work from home, shop from home live life from home and we never have to have a single human interaction if we choose to but that is such the wrong answer because we need that community because if if you're if you're doing life alone you're in for a world of pain that you aren't going to be able to manage unless you have someone else going through it with you or someone yeah. guiding you that's been through it you know that that's why we have midwives right yeah right <laughs> so that they can help guide the mother through 
the insanity she's about to go through. Right. You know, I, I can't do that. I've never been through it. Right. So, I mean, the community is just, yeah, I, I could talk about, again, this is another podcast. I got to talk about yeah. that for hours. Yeah. Hey everyone, Steven here. As we gear up for the new year, I've got something super special for you today. But before we dive in, make sure you hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up and ring that notification bell so you can always experience the motivation and inspiration and the tips that we bring to you every single week here. Now let's talk about New Year's resolutions. How many times have you set a resolution only to have it fizzle out by the beginning of February or before January is even close to being over? Well, not this time. I've got a game-changing program that will teach you how to set goals that actually stick and that will propel you towards success in both your personal and professional life. Imagine saying goodbye to the cycle of failed resolutions. Picture yourself achieving what you set out to do and it's all possible with our proven methods that I've been perfecting for over 20 plus years. We'll be diving deep into the art of effective goal setting. And it's not just about writing down your goals. It's about a strategic approach that guarantees success. Go to renownedleadership.com forward slash goals to learn more. And let's make 2024 your best year yet. We only take 25 new goal setters every month and spots fill up fast. So make sure you get yours today. And for this month only, if you uh, use coupon code Renowned Goals at checkout, you'll get 20% off. Again, spots fill up fast, so make sure you get yours today. So if you're tired of the same old resolutions that never work, join us on this journey. Remember, goals are within your reach. Sign up now. Let's make 2024 your best year ever. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And it's that, that um, I think too, we think mistakenly, this is what I've found is mistakenly, we think that our family, not that I don't love my husband and my kids, <laughs> but we think our family is that community for us, that support system. And they are in some ways, but if they're not doing the exact same thing you're doing, like trying to start a business, then, you know, it's not, and, and they're not elevating you, you know, they're not like teaching you mm -hmm. new things. How can your kids teach you? I mean, they do teach us lessons. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they're not the teachers. So I think you're absolutely right. And I think for too long, I looked to, um, you know, I looked in the wrong places to try to find that, not the wrong places, but just, I just didn't have that. I didn't understand that the, there was powerful source out there of people that can really relate to you who they start out being strangers and then you become extremely close together yeah yeah absolutely and the community i found to help me start the business is exactly that it's just a bunch of people i don't know like just crazy and within a month they knew everything about me and they were pushing me, guiding me, supporting me. And I've never once had a bad experience with it. And I was very selective with the community that I joined. Mm -hmm. um, but I've never, and, and the, the funny thing is, and I've actually written about this in my blog, it strikes me 
so it just, it just blows my mind that the most support and this is excluding my wife and my parents right the most support that i've gotten for doing what chasing my dreams the, the you know renowned leadership is going to be a global brand one day that is, that is my goal and you know i don't care if people know my name but they are going to know my company's name and um <laughs> My wife is totally on board, obviously. My parents are like are super supportive. The rest of my family, eh, they've said yeah. some pretty hurtful stuff. <laughs> and it's and it's not that they're being mean to me. It's not that they meant to say something hurtful. They're trying to protect me. Mm, they're yeah. trying, you know, they think my dreams are a little too grand or whatever. But the community I'm in, nah. They're like, dude, that's it. You can dream bigger. You can go bigger. <laughs> right. Nice. And, yeah. and so, I mean, have you experienced that where like your extended family or like, eh, yeah. maybe you should, you should pump the brakes a little bit, Joy, yes. instead of going a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And it comes from their limited lens. Like, you know, um, like my own mom will be like, oh, so uh, are you looking at other job opportunities yet? Are you you know, and I say, well, I'm, I'm staying open to job opportunities. Well, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good plan, Joy. You know, so um, it it is, it's their limited lens. And I'm trying to look at this from limitless possibilities, endless possibilities. We don't know what this will become. I'm giving myself, when I started this, I said, Joy, one of your values is going to be patience mm -hmm. because it takes time. It really does. takes time. And so I've been trying to be patient, but the other one is adventure, right? Because I want, I want to do new things, things I, mm -hmm. un, you know, discover new territory, undiscovered territory. And, and I am, I mean, not in the physical realm, <laughs> not climbing mountains, but it is all new to me. And so, you know, I'm reading a book on how to sell because I don't know how to sell. I don't know how to sell myself. Like that's hard. Self-promotion requires vulnerability and braveness and you know and and grow my network my network was very insular being at the same company for 22 years mm -hmm. um so I'm trying to branch out and all of those things are just baby step after baby step after baby step right and, yeah, you're gonna and it be, is hard yeah it's hard to yeah. stay focused when it's so slow mm -hmm. and, and but it is and it's meant to be slow too because you know, you, I don't remember the numbers, but I want to say it's like 85% of anyone that wins over a million dollars from the lottery is bankrupt within five years or something like that, which is insane, but not really when you think about it, yeah. because they went from like a poor to low middle class to extremely wealthy overnight. Yeah. Whereas if they had taken the small tiny painful baby steps to grow that they would have learned how to keep it right and, and it makes total sense when you think about it and i'm actually surprised that the number is as low as it is mm. uh, you know and so when you think of it that way so <clears throat> that's really I, I mean that's a very like deep and poignant connection i'd never thought of yeah so i mean it, it, it's Definitely, if you want if if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to be willing to just be patient 
And it, man, I can't tell you how many days I've come home, looked at my wife, like I quit. I'm done. And she usually is like, you're not a quitter. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Going back to the office. <laughs> Try <laughs> something I mean, else. Figure something that, else out. Right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that is such a good point. So we're, we're running out of time. Um, sure. This hour has blown by, but I can't, I, we can't leave until I get you to talk a little bit about a mindset that you've kind of coined, which is solution focused leadership. Can, mm -hmm. can you explain that a little bit, run us through it? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, this is the way that I coach, right? So my coaching style and there's executive coaching, right? Is, is less of one where I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to come to an answer that's deep within you. That's already there. My questions are going to be around like, what are your practices? What are your behaviors? What are your do? What are you doing? What problems are you trying to solve? And then we're going to work together on the answers. We're going to work together on best practices that I've seen work and we can share like what you've tried that hasn't worked and we can, you know, sort of work out the kinks together. But I think until you know what the problem is, it's really hard to be that coach. And so I think that, um, you know, we're not going to just throw spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks, right? We're going to do a deep dive with you. And I equate it to, you know, I, I watch my daughter, she's 14. She's a, on the club volleyball team and um, she's got coaches. She's got coaches. She has someone working with her on conditioning. She's very serious. She takes the sport very seriously, but everybody needs a coach. Mm -hmm. The kind of coach that says, and, and I feel like the kind of coach that's lacking in business is the one that's like, ah, okay, I see it. It's this, it's your final step before you lift off, mm -hmm. you know? It's step, step, close, right? It's right. it's the just the tweaks to the form that you're doing that are needed. So I'm going to coach my people as if they were one of my direct reports. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you're doing right now. What problems are you working to solve? What are the obstacles in the way? What are the bottlenecks? Like, let's see if we can, you know, figure this out together. The, that's so awesome. I'm pretty much, I'm very similar to that. Um, when I started my business, like I said, the first thing I did was hire coaches because um, mm -hmm. I, I firmly believe in not reinventing wheels. Yes. Um, there's no need for it. Um, and so, you know, one of my coaches was very like what you're saying. And then I had a coach that was pretty much a therapist. Yes. And it was so annoying. Like, just tell me what I need to freaking do. Like, <laughs> stop it. I obviously don't know. Stop trying to dig it out of me. Just tell me. And so, uh, so I cannot be that coach that how does that make you feel type of coach? Like, yeah. no, no, I don't do that. But I love what you said. And I say that to people all the time. You know, people are like, why do I need a, a leadership coach, a business coach, a entrepreneurial coach? Like, why, why do I need a coach? And it's like, dude, like, you know, what, what would have happened to Tom Brady after his third Super Bowl? He's like, you know what? I've done this three times. I think I got it. Right. <laughs> I guarantee you, Elon Musk has, has, you know, maybe not coaches, but definitely like confidants, mentors, people to yeah. run his ideas off of. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs was famous 
for for recruiting recruit recruiting if i can speak um uh people that he could just bounce ideas off of that he wanted to challenge him that he wanted to tell him no um so i mean everyone everyone needs that you know Arnold's Arnold Schwarzenegger needs an acting coach that's right, right. You, know, you know Tom Brady needs a, a throwing coach like everyone needs a coach so everyone thank you for that coach. Yeah. so important yeah awesome so like I said Joy we're running out of time so before we do um I will go ahead and tell everybody uh, how they can get a hold of you um, maybe get involved in your summer program or uh, get you out to their to their office to to help them through some of these practices. Sure. Yeah. So you can find me at leadingwithjoy.com. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. So hit me up on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect. Uh, we can have a virtual coffee. Those are always fun. So just uh, LinkedIn, Joy Meserve, leadingwithjoy.com. That's me. All right, Joy. Again, everybody, as always, you know the drill. All her links are going to be in the show notes or in the bio, whatever platform you're on. Just scroll down, click on her links. Make sure you go to her uh, website. Give her tons and tons of love. Once you're doing that, man, I cannot talk. Once you are done doing that, go to renownedleadership.com and give me tons of love because I need all the love. (laughs) <laughs> all right, Joy. So everyone, uh, all my guests on this uh, podcast, uh, th- they get the, the pleasure and the privilege of giving the final word of wisdom. So my final question to you is, uh, what is your best advice for someone to lead like a champion? Mm. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, you have pe- to pick one. I know. I'll just say that your people are a gift. So just like Steven talked to you about like the tree that has to grow and how hard that is and how it had to have explosive growth, your job is to help water that tree to make sure it has nutrients in the soil. So please grow your people into more leaders. I love that. That is awesome. And thank you for including me in this. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, actually, correction. That is going to wrap up this special edition episode of the Renowned Leadership because it's Christmas Day, everybody. I hope you all have a blessed Christmas Day. I hope you have tons of joy uh, with your family, your children, your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, boyfriend, whatever the case may be. And make sure you go uh, do an actum, the actum, a random act of kindness uh, Mm. to some just some perfect stranger just go do something nice for somebody whether it's help them carry their groceries or buy them a cup of coffee and uh, make sure you spread joy in in this world as well so that's going to wrap it up guys thank you so much i will see you next week and in the meantime everybody don't forget lead like a champion bye bye